0: I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-Minute Parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I received a question from a parent who was concerned about their baby's apparent difficulty in engaging with solo play for anything beyond a minute or two. This is not an uncommon question. I receive a lot of questions from listeners asking about what they should be or shouldn't be expecting from their children, especially the really young ones with regard to solo play. So I thought that this would be something worth spotlighting here. Before I burst the hopeful bubble of how long very young children can, generally speaking, play alone, I do want to acknowledge how much we parents really want our children to be able to play on their own so that we can get a breather, a hot cup of tea or coffee, or just a break. I do get it, and this is really valid, but now I want to talk about what is possible for our children at this really young age. What I'm going to give here is a general developmental guideline, so hold in mind that your little one may well do this a little differently than the way I'm going to outline it now. Generally speaking, at six months old, babies can play alone for approximately five minutes at a time before they're going to seek you out. At 12 months old, they can play alone for approximately 15 minutes before they're going to need to seek you out at 18 months old toddlers engage in solo play for approximately 15 to 20 minutes before they come looking for you and at two years old Toddlers can do, doesn't mean they always will, but they can do 20 to 30 minutes of solo play at a time before they will need to, you to come and join them or they'll need to find you or to just check that you're still there and available to them. Now, when I say solo play. They might benefit from you making interesting items or toys available to them. In other words, you'd scatter within crawling or arms reach on the floor, you know, so that they can say, oh, look at this toy or the blocks or whatever it might be. They might even benefit from, you know, having you sit and get them started before you gradually withdraw and leave them at it. But it simply isn't reasonable to expect your one-year-old to sit and play alone for an hour, for example. Desirable, yes, yes, definitely, but not reasonable. Following on from this, I wanted to chat a bit about the stages of play, the patterns in play perhaps is a better way to put it, that we see in very young children as they develop their play skills. This is because I also received a question from a parent who was a little concerned that their 18-month-old tended to stand back and observe rather than getting stuck into and actively engaged in play with their little peers if they were in a play centre or a public playground or somewhere like that. In a previous episode, which you can still listen back to in the archives of the podcast, I talked about the three stages of developmental play, and that's the name of the episode, and how each one links with our children's psychosocial and emotional development that bring our children from infancy right up to seven years old. And again, it was developmental age over chronological, so developmentally seven, and how that all builds up and contributes to their capacity to develop emotional self-regulation. There is also a theory about the patterns of play that our very young babies and preschoolers go through in terms of how they engage in play, both within their environment and with other children. The research first emerged way back in 1929 within the thesis research of Mildred Parton Newell when, when they observed, you know, American children aged two to five years old during periods of free play. Free play, and what I mean by that is unstructured play. From her research, six stages emerged, and I'm going to run through these now. And as I do, try to apply each to what you have observed in your own children at various ages and stages of development. At the baby stage, we see what we call unoccupied play, which is when their surroundings are fascinating to them. But we don't really see much interaction with others or the surroundings. It's more a phase of observation. They're noticing and going, ooh, look at the light. Ooh, look at the shadows. And that's really intriguing and fascinating to them. Gradually moving from here to what is called solitary play, when your little one starts reaching for and interacting more with objects, but they're not yet much bothered by others playing around them. Following on from that, we see them move towards what we call onlooker play, which is when your little one is observing others at play not yet playing with them but you may well see that they pause their own play to watch you whatever you're doing or watch other children whatever they're doing and really the parent who wrote in about oh my 18 month old is not really getting involved but watching that's really a stage of onlooker play which is quite appropriate at that age These three of unoccupied play, solitary play and onlooker play will typically bring you to about two years old. Now, please don't think too rigidly in terms of age because all children are different and they move at different paces. And that's just fine. Some children take a little longer. Some children move a little quicker to negotiate through these. But, you know, if they're two and a half or three years old still doing onlooker play, that's not something in and of itself that I would really be concerned about. Just use these as a guideline, a benchmark, but you know, not something to rigidly hold your child to or measure them against. That's not what it's intended for. Moving on from onlooker play, You know, we see parallel play emerge where your child is now playing at the same time as others in shared surroundings, but they may not directly interact with the other child or children or even play together. It's more like playing at my own thing at the same time in the same space as another child who may well be playing with their own thing. This should not be confused with antisocial behaviour or standoff behaviour, it should not be seen as a cause for concern as parallel play is a stage of play development that is typical and healthy at this age. Following on from parallel play we tend to see associative play where the child plays next to or alongside other children who are doing similar activities with more direct interaction going on. This is common in preschool age children, for example. And by school age, we're going to see evidence of what's called cooperative play, where children are directly interacting and interested in the other child as much as in the play. There is more relational connection evident at this stage, and also evidence of cooperation and collaboration in the play. Because of this, children tend to be school-aged when we see this play pattern emerge. Each of these stages is an important and rich play experience. You are well used to me saying that play is a language and play is also the route to making meaning of our experiences in life and our relationships with others. It is important that we respect our children's play journey, it is theirs, and they will move through the trajectory of play at their own pace and with their their own rhythm. As parents, we can be play collaborators, but don't be a play dictator. Try to resist thinking, you know, where your child should be at, but attune to where they are at. Meet them where they are. What is happening in their play world, how they are engaging with the world and people outside of them, this is the fodder for this type of play development and this is where the richness of the experience comes from. With some children perhaps there is a small change that could or would make a big difference to their play and you could, you know, insert yourself into the play, maybe model some of this type of play and see is that enough for them to get going. And be playful yourself, be available for play, be primed for play because those shared play experiences between young children and their parents, you know, those are really important and they're an essential part, really more than important. They're an essential part of our children's development. Make play possible, make play appealing and make play inviting. I think we really need to invest in play, we need to increase our own knowledge, understanding and awareness of not only how important it is in our children's lives and even very young children's lives and it remains important right through the stages of development of early childhood, you know that mid childhood, early to mid to late adolescence and you know that I always advocate that play remains important in all of our lives even as adults. Often people ask me, okay, but what kind of toys or, you know, little bits should I have that's going to encourage these types of play patterns in my child? And when you're thinking about play toys, or I'm going to call them play props at this stage because they should prop up the play rather than limiting or controlling the play, consider having things like building blocks. Great for stacking up and knocking down different shapes, different colors. There's lots of developmental benefit with building blocks. Play-Doh. Bear in mind that this is an age or stage of development when I'm also going to pop everything into my mouth and I'm going to eat it so make sure it's edible so you can either make it yourself or certainly be around to supervise their interaction with something like Play-Doh. Bubbles. Bubbles will get you out of many tantrums or meltdowns and can be a great distraction and redirection tool but also a lovely sensory experience. So blowing bubbles or having a little bubble battery operated bubble machine something like that can be really nice to use with small children boxes and containers even empty ones maybe especially the empty ones and you know coming out of christmas time when we may still have packaging around using some of those as play props because they're containers there's an inside and outside children like to fill them up empty them out climb in climb out a box can offer lots of play entertainment as can your pots pans and ladles for me to bang and make a noise and shake things and bang the lids on top of pots all of that is perfectly good music and of course you can get instruments like tambourines or drums as well but i like to promote using what we have around our house already soft plush sensory rich teddy bears you know things to squeeze and hug and that I can sit on and lie on and roll over all of those things are really lovely too the kind of shapes that you know if you can do it with your building blocks and have them the same but also some shapes that push into a shape holder there's some really nice motor skill development with that as well lots of discovery available in that type of play some but not a lot of items that play music you know that I push a button and then the toy does something because I'm really beginning to go oh cause effect if I touch this happens I won't nail it at very young ages remember it takes developmentally till around four but you know a couple of those don't do loads of noisy whirry, flashy things but a couple is plenty And don't force any of these play props, ooh look at this, do this, do this, just ensure that they're easily accessible and let me pick up and drop and find my own way to these items because that really fits in with the tuning to where I am at rather than where you think or the internet tells you I should be at. Just meet me where I'm at and meet me at my pace and rhythm because that's what's working for me and that's what's important. We want to make play a pleasurable and exciting experience. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15 Minute Parenting.